of the ravines burned up to broken wires and curled films of dead stuff. The hidden pools sank down and caked over, keeping the last, least footmark on their edges as if it had been cast in iron. The juicy-stemmed creepers fell away from the trees they clung to and died at their feet. The bamboos withered, clanking when the hot winds blew, and the moss peeled off the rocks deep in the jungle till they were as bare and as hot as the quivering blue boulders in the bed of the stream. The birds and the monkey people went north early in the year, for they knew what was coming, and the deer and the wild pig broke far away to the perished fields of the villages, dying sometimes before the eyes of men too weak to kill them. Chill, the kite, stayed and grew fat, for there was a great deal of carrion, and evening after evening he brought the news to the beasts, too weak to force their way to fresh hunting grounds, that the sun was killing the jungle for three days' flight in every direction. Mowgli, who had never known what real hunger meant, fell back on stale honey three years old, scraped out of deserted rock hives, honey black as a slow and dusty with dried sugar. He hunted, too, for deep-boring grubs under the bark of the trees and robbed the wasps of their new broods. All the game in the jungle was no more than skin and bone, and Bagheera could kill thrice in a night and hardly get a full meal. But the want of water was the worst, for though the jungle people drink seldom, they must drink deep. And the heat went on and on, and sucked up all the moisture, till at last the main channel of the Waingunga was the only stream that carried a trickle of water between its dead banks. And when Hathi, the wild elephant, who lives for a hundred years and more, saw a long, lean, blue ridge of rock show dry in the very centre of the stream, he knew that he was looking at the peace rock. And then and there he lifted up his trunk and proclaimed the water truce, as his father before him had proclaimed it fifty years ago. The deer, wild pig, and buffalo took up the cry hoarsely, and Chill the kite flew in great circles far and wide, whistling and shrieking the warning. By the law of the jungle it is death to kill at the drinking places, when once the water truce has been declared. The reason of this is that drinking comes before eating. Everyone in the jungle can scramble along somehow when only game is scarce, but water is water. When there is but one source of supply, all hunting stops while the jungle people go there for their needs. In good seasons, when water was plentiful, those who came down to drink at the Wangunga, or anywhere else for that matter, did so at the risk of their lives, and that risk made no small part of the fascination of the night's doings. To move down so cunningly that never a leaf stirred, to wade knee-deep in the roaring shallows that drown all noise from behind, to drink looking backward over one shoulder, every muscle ready for the first desperate bound of keen terror, to roll on the sandy margin and return wet-muzzled and well-plumped out to the admiring herd was a thing that all tall-antlered young bucks took a delight in, precisely because they knew that at any moment Bagheera or Shere Khan might leap upon them and bear them down. But now all that life-and-death fun was ended, and the jungle people came up, starved and weary, to the shrunken river, tiger, Bear, deer, buffalo and pig, all together, drank the fouled waters and hung above them, too exhausted to move off. The deer and the pig had tramped all day in search of something better than dried bark and withered leaves. The buffaloes had found no wallows to be cool in and no green crops to steal. The snakes had left the jungle and come down to the river in the hope of finding a stray frog. They curled round wet stones and never offered to strike when the nose of a rooting pig dislodged them. The river turtles had long ago been killed by Bagheera, cleverest of hunters, and the fish had buried themselves deep in the dry mud. 
Only the peace rock lay across the shallows like a long snake, and the little tired ripples hissed as they dried on its hot side. It was here that Mowgli came nightly for the cool and the companionship. The most hungry of his enemies would hardly have cared for the boy then. His naked hide made him seem more lean and wretched than any of his fellows. His hair was bleached to toe colour by the sun. His ribs stood out like the ribs of a basket, and the lumps on his knees and elbows, where he was used to track on all fours, gave his shrunken limbs the look of knotted grass stems. But his eye, under his matted forelock, was cool and quiet, for Bagheera was his adviser in this time of trouble, and told him to go quietly, hunt slowly, and never on any account to lose his temper. It is an evil time, said the Black Panther one furnace hot evening, but it will go if we can live till the end. Is thy stomach full, man-cub?